This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin podcast where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning Liverpool FC. And to help me run through those headlines, I'm delighted to say I'm joined for the first time on this podcast by sometime Blood Red host and the presenter of an excellent recent women's football podcast that we produced on this channel. It's Sam Carroll. Morning, Sam. How's things? All right, mates. Yes, all right. You're just saying our regular five-a-side footies back now on Thursday, so things are looking up, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah, a few, few, uh, few good performances from from yourself. Always looking to get the most out of young talent like you, Paul. So glad to have you on the uh, on the scene. <laughs> young talent, yeah. I, I wish, mate. I wish. I'm feeling every <laughs> every year of my 39 years now, to be honest, mate. You know, but it's uh, yeah. We we regularly play any listeners. Most of the people that you hear on Blood Red are usually down the pits near Anfield and Goodison Park on on Thursday night. Uh, and yeah, probably one of the best players. I think it's fair to say he's joined is joining me today, Sam. Uh, you're on the desk and duty today, aren't you? So you're going to be overlooking some of the big Liverpool headlines that that come out uh, throughout the day. But we're going to start off by talking about a headline that came out last night. And it regards Nico Williams, the young Liverpool right back. Uh, he signed a new five-year contract, and Jurgen Klopp was speaking about it, which we've covered on the Echoes website, Sam. Yeah, I think it's a good deal for Liverpool. I think there was some, uh, obviously, Nico now is the last of those kind of breakout stars. When you look at, you know, Curtis and, and Harvey Elliott to, to sign that deal, um, you know, I spoke to to the people close to, to Nico. Um, you know, around the start of lockdown and and talks had, uh, you know, like everything else in football, had to be kind of put on the shelf for for a little while, which you know might might concern a few people at Liverpool just because, you know, we we've seen it to you know obviously not compared in two because I think Nico is, is obviously had a a more pronounced breakout than Yasser Larucci, but you know Liverpool had seen it this summer where a young defender has turned around and said, well, I'm not going to get in the team ahead of Robertson, am I? So. I'll take my chances, and although I don't think there was ever a doubt that that was going to happen with Nico, it's good for all parties involved now that he signed a deal. You know, Jurgen Klopp from from what he said, obviously loves him, and and what a kind of uh, an amazing thing for Jurgen to have two players like Trent and Nico competing for the right back spot, and you know Trent could potentially play right back for Liverpool for for the next fifteen years, which does raise the question of of what Nico will do. Um, personally a, a tough one I'd like to see him go out on loan and play a full season of football but at the same time with the amount of competitions Liverpool are involved in and with the tightness of the schedule next season I, I think you know we, we could see a lot of them in a Liverpool shirt uh, next year and you know like, like, like what we've seen and, and, and like what Michael Edwards is good at a five year contract long term contract pr- protects his value to the point where if any team did want to sign him they'd, they'd be paying a lot of money for, for Nico so Great move for, for Williams, for, for Klopp and, and for Liverpool, I'd say. Yeah, it was, I remember reading that story that you did uh, early in lockdown. You did a number of really good kind of in-depth pieces with both Liverpool and Everton and it probably says a lot about Nico's confidence the fact that you know he signed a five-year contract here because it's, it's going to be hard for him isn't it with Trent probably the best right back in the world certainly the best young right back in the world it, but it, it shows his confidence his own ability that you know if he gets a chance he's, he's going to have a chance of playing more games. Yeah, and I think I think what what is all what is good about Nico is that everyone I've spoken to about him, you know, he is a really really humble player. You know, he's still really close to a lot of the younger lads in the team. You know, he's he, he's from Wales and, and and just a a really lovely lad. And I think that that kind of will shine through in this that he knows that 
look at Dinte, he's not he doesn't strike me as a as a big time Charlie in any way, shape or form. And and because he's not like that, then I think he, he will just he knows, doesn't he? Like like, you know, football at any level. If he gets his head down, works hard and, and obviously uses that talent that he's got in abundance. Chance chances will come, you know. There'll be a question in the longer term, I think, um, of his position in terms of you know how good Trent is. Essentially, going to be an immovable, a movable object in in that position, apart from injuries. Or you know, I know people talk about could he move to central midfield? Would that really make sense with how good he is at fullback and what he offers? I'm not too sure, but you know, I, I think certainly in these next two years, with the amount of football that's going to get played, with the amount of football that's to get crammed in, and, and World Cups and Euros and and all that, we're, we're going to see a lot of him at Liverpool. So you know, he's got that confidence to know that. Any game that that, that Jürgen calls on him, he, he'll put in a shift because I haven't seen him have a bad game for Liverpool yet. And I'd say it's it's you could even argue that he had as good a season as Curtis Williams, uh, Curtis Williams, Curtis Jones last season. Uh, obviously, Curtis had a few more eye-catching moments like that game, goal against Everton, but in terms of performances, I thought Nico was uh, was fantastic every time he he played. He was indeed. Hopefully you've had a chance to listen to Monday's Blood Red podcast. Uh, one of the big talking points discussed by the guests, Paul Gorse, Joe Rimmer and the host, Sean Bradbury, uh, was Bernardo Silva's tweet to Liverpool fans following Man City's exit from the Champions League. Uh, their feeling was that he'd only made the situation worse. But last night, Bernardo Silva just went ahead and doubled down, didn't he, Sam? Sure. It, it, it's just one of them, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's, it's almost the... The case of social media, isn't it? The, you know, the, it's only been the last five or six years that we that we've been able to kind of see footballers regularly interact with fans, and I know a lot of them usually just play it safe. Uh, but Bernardo is, is absolutely gone for it, hasn't he? And <laughs> I just can't, I just can't believe that anyone let him go again. Really, you know, what? Why wasn't someone from Man City kind of messaging him and being like, "Oh, right, you know, you've had a pop. It is what it is." But you know, just leave it now. <laughs> but obviously he's he, he's he's had enough of a backlash to to want to double down and and go again. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the reception. He's going to get at Anfield next season, and if City, if if fans are allowed back in, that is you know he might he might get away with it for a season. But you know it, it does just show how far Liverpool have come now that they are they, they are in in Manchester City heads, aren't they? And I think you can see how much it's hurt Man City players that Liverpool have kind of took them apart this season and won the league by such a margin. I do think that City squad fancied themselves a lot as, you know, this greatest ever Premier League team and Liverpool really did a number on them for, for the whole of the season, really. So, you know, the, the, the tweets, if anything, I think are just a massive compliment to Klopp and, and the Liverpool squads for, for what they've achieved and for how kind of much they've rattled these these Manchester City superstars, really. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, just to clarify what he said last night, he said, I guess reading a book was a bit too much for you. Maybe just go for a brew. Uh, and that followed his earlier tweet on on the, the weekend on Sunday. He says to all Liverpool fans that have nothing else to do than to come to a Man City player account, I'm also sorry for you, but for the wrong reasons, pathetic, go celebrate your titles or try to find a partner, drink a beer with a friend, read a book, so many options. Yeah, I think uh, ill-advised to say the least. And uh, yeah, he's going to have a, a lot more stick coming for him if he keeps on there. Uh, 
that line of attack. Uh, another topic on Blood Red on Monday regarding Liverpool FC's stance and our own reporting of the speculation linking Thiago with a move to Anfield. Uh, we've been told throughout all this saga that the Bayern Munich midfielder is currently not an active target for Liverpool. Other journalists and publications have different viewpoints and, and different sources of information, which is completely par for the course in situations like this. And obviously a lot of people a lot of people have been looking at what the journalist Fabrizio Romano has been tweeting and writing and, and Sammy has done a story overnight for The Guardian regarding Thiago, his his update on the situation. It's, it's just such a difficult one. I think it's a difficult one for everyone, isn't it? Because, you know, su- supporters are quite rightly getting excited, you know, especially after watching Thiago against Barcelona and, and you know, want it to happen. I think, I think a lot, of, you know, obviously now it's been... Two summers since that that big summer where Liverpool signed um, Cater and and Allison and Shakiri and and was all and Fabinho as well. Um, and it's been a lot quieter. You know, it's been justified in the transfer business with the success that Liverpool have had. But you know, fans obviously want to see Liverpool strengthen from this position of power. I think Thiago would fit perfectly on that. Um, but you know, from everything we're hearing, it's it's still not something that is on Liverpool's radar. But you know, we have seen Liverpool have a change of heart. Uh, just mentioned in there with, with, with Alisson, you know, when, when you look back at that, oh, it turned into a little bit of a saga, you know, of Liverpool not being interested. And then, you know, circumstances changed with Alisson, circumstances changed with Carius, you know, who, who did just look at a shell of his former self at that point that summer and, and Liverpool made the move. So it, it, it is a difficult one. Um, and, and you can see why, why fans are excited. You can see why fans want him but you know it certainly doesn't help now in this age of social media that you have journalists and, and people from all over the world able to kind of put things on social media and say he's signing he's looking for a house he's doing this he's doing that um because certainly at this point it, it doesn't seem to be the case but you know it, it is interesting kind of watching almost the same as the, the fakir thing it's it's interesting watching things kind of un, unravel isn't it online and seeing you know what what people say and what people are kind of right and wrong, but I don't know. I think this Liverpool midfield has certainly got another couple of years left in it. You know, you, you forget that Klopp already has Cater and, and Oxlade, who, who do have quite similar profiles to Thiago, but at the same time, he's a, he's a world-class player. So I think it is just one that we have to kind of wait and see. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, as you say, it's something transfers in my past experience can change very rapidly. It's a very fluid situation. But as Paul, Sean and Joe mentioned on Blood Red yesterday, he's still not an active target, despite even what Fabrizio Romano, Romano is currently saying is that Liverpool are interested, he believes, but they're not willing to pay the uh, 30 million euros fee that Bayern Munich want for him, which is, if that is the case, that's understandable because he's, he's only got a year left on his contract. So come January, he could uh, he could sign for another a club overseas for on a free transfer for the following summer. Uh, you you rightly mentioned then Sam about central midfield being an area where Liverpool are blessed with a number of talents, and you you included Fabinho in that. Uh, and just to an, another story we reported on the Echo yesterday, uh, it seems if Fabinho is being given a specific instruction by Jurgen Klopp for next season. Yeah, um, obviously with, with, with Fabinho, I think Klopp wants to. Uh wants to improve his game in, in every way and, and I think that's something that, that is uh, that is good for for all with, with Liverpool you know you, you, you know that um, Jürgen wants to, to keep people on the toes and, and, and this from Fabinho kind of explains that and, and 
you know, Jürgen does want him to to try a few more efforts from from long range. And I think we we've seen that a few times in you know, it was the Manchester City game. I think the yes. way he strikes the ball, the way he strikes the ball, uh, you know, it's so flat, and the, the trajectory he gets on it is is something that I haven't personally seen from from a lot of players. And I think the other thing. You know, he scored a lot of penalties for, for Monaco as well. So he's certainly got composure. He can certainly strike a ball and I don't see why why it can hurt. You know, I think he, he had a little bit of a dip in form for being after his after his injury, but was getting back to his best towards the end of the season. So we'll be will be nice to, to, to add a few more goals from, from midfield, I think. And and Fabinho is definitely someone who can who can add that. You know, we, we know he can take three kicks as well, but I think Trent's got them boxed <laughs> yeah. off. So who, who wouldn't love to see um, Fabinho having a few more long-range efforts because that goal against Man City, I think, probably won the Liverpool goals this season. Last year, I think, even though he is a holding midfielder and, and he loves to break up play and just be a nuisance kind of closer to his own goal, you know, there are times when, because of the, the fluidity of Liverpool play, you do see Fabinho popping up in these positions. So, you know, I think it's, uh, it's good management from Klopp to, to ask that of him. And I think, you know, as I've just said there, to show that I think Jürgen could have Lionel Messi and he'd still be asking them to try new things and consider <laughs> new things tactically because, you know, I, 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 there's not one player at Liverpool who hasn't been improved under him really in, in this starting lineup and and I think this request shows why because he's just constantly asking for more and constantly wants, you know, new and better things. Any good point. And just to uh, our final story now, regular listeners to the Blood Red podcast may recall that Matt Addison spoke to a former Mainz teammate of Jurgen Klopp earlier this summer called Guido Schaefer. Well, Guido is, if you if you heard that podcast, you'll know he's a sports journalist now in Germany, uh, covers RB Leipzig. And he recently set up an exclusive interview with the, the Liverpool manager. We've picked it up on the Echoes website. It's been picked up by uh, publications and, and websites right across England and, and probably Europe because it includes a, a hint about Jurgen Klopp's future, Sam, about what's going to happen when his uh, Liverpool contract ends in 2024. Yeah, I think, uh, obviously, he's he said to himself, hasn't he, that he's uh, he, he's going to have a, a break from football and take some time out and see whether he, um, whether he misses football. So, you know, that, that's... Disappointing news for for Liverpool fans. You know, you you think four years is only a short time, but you know, you think what he's achieved already and and the level he has Liverpool playing at. We, you know, you hope it's a a glorious four years, and Liverpool fans might hope that you know he has a bit. If Liverpool are still in the position in 2024 that they are now, he might have a little bit of a a change of heart. But you know, it'll speak volumes that Liverpool will be the club that he spent the the longest time at throughout his career. If we do get to um, 2024 with him, and you know, no one would ever begrudge him that. I think you know, Liverpool, if, if he decides to take a break, and, and Liverpool would have a, uh, a firm succession plan in, in place by that point, you know, you you, you think about like the dream options of Nagelsmanns and people like that, but you know, all the, the noises out of Anfield to talk about how you know how clever Pep Linders is, you know, what an effect v- Vita Matos has had as well. so you know, the same people in house who I think will be ready to, to take over the mantle by then. Um, but, you know, I think the main message is you've just got to enjoy them while it lasts, haven't you? And, and enjoy this ride that, that we're all on with, with Jürgen Klopp. 
Yeah, very well said, mate. I say it is something for another day, but no, no doubt with this Liverpool, how well prepared they are, they will be uh, considering the that eventuality. What happens next? Uh, thanks very much, Sam, and thanks very much for listening. That's all for the morning bulletin podcast for today. Josh Williams and David Hughes, two more players who play on our five side on Thursday nights, will be back later this afternoon with the latest edition of their Analyzing Anfield podcast. But until then, bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.